this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Um, for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Raymond, part of the leadership team here, and it's my <coughs> privilege to, to bring the Word of God to you this morning. Uh, before we do, just do that, I just want to say that um, the Word that Rupert brought uh, this morning, I'm going to speak about that a little bit later maybe, and if I forget, you must remind me. Um, and it's a bit of a hurry this morning, and I had to scribble some of my notes off and rewrite a few things, and in doing that, I was sat down there in my chair, looked to make sure all my notes were there, and they're not all there. So I am missing the last part of my notes. So um, we'll just see how we get on and what God does in, in that respect. And, um, and I'm sure um, he will see us through that. I've got four points. They may turn into three, but we shall see. But no, seriously, it's really, really good um, to be in the presence of God, isn't it? And it's really, really good to be encouraged by God, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I need that encouragement. And I just went over to um, Rupert over there. And Rupert, poor, bless him, uh, hasn't had much sleep. He's been away over the weekend with school. Yet he's here faithfully serving the Lord. And um, what I want to say to you, Rupert, is that you're a faithful man of God. And God will bless you for that. Um, This morning, one of the other things I was doing was I was looking for a prophecy, or rather a word that God had given me, And it's many years ago, probably two, three years ago. And I was looking everywhere and I know I had it on an email. I know David sent it to me and I could not find it. And so I gave up this morning and said, Lord, I wish I had that prophecy. That word was the word that Rupert spoke essentially. And that's really amazing. And I'll come back to that a bit later on and and just um, speak into that a little bit more. But thank you for that, Rupert. Okay, before we turn to the scriptures, let's uh, let's just pray. Father, we want to thank and praise you for who you are. You are amazing, Lord. You are truly amazing, and we thank you for loving us in the way that you do. You are tender towards us, Lord. And Lord, we have no option but to fall into your arms. And Father, I pray that we may know that your arms are holding us this morning that we will bathe and snuggle into your arms and know your heart this morning in, in our lives. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will speak to us, you will encourage us, you will, you will build us up, you will challenge us, that you will strengthen us, that we might shine for you, that we might give glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just submit myself to you and the Holy Spirit, I say, would you... Help me this morning to bring forth what you have put in my heart. Will you anoint me, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name? For you ask it in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, as you know, we're going through our series in 2 Corinthians, and I've been given chapter 4, and the title uh, that I've been given is Eternal Lessons. 
which I thought was a brilliant title, but when I looked in there, I couldn't find any eternal lessons. And then I looked again, and then I found four, praise God. So we'll get through those at some point uh, during the course of this morning. I suppose I better get my watch up and have a look. Late in starting, but never mind. Um, okay, so we're looking at 2 Corinthians, chapter 2. and Sorry, 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 18. This is Paul writing. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that that all-surpassing power is from God and not us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being, being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe that therefore, sorry, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised Jesus, sorry, raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with him, sorry, present us with you to himself. All this is for your, for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though inwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an internal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. We will be looking at other scriptures during uh, our talk this morning, so if you want to keep your Bibles open, that would be a good thing. So, uh, we're looking at these four e eternal lessons, and... Um, one of the things I want to say about these lessons is they are eternal, meaning that they are 
forever going on and on and on. They're continual. It's not a lesson that you learn and that you've learned it and you've got it, but it's the lessons that we're learning all the time, from the time that, that we receive Jesus to the time we go and meet him uh, and be with him. So 2 Corinthians um, is an amazing book in that it gives us um, a greater understanding and insight into the life of uh, St. Paul. Uh, this great and wonderful man, uh, an apostle of God, a, fir- a former uh, persecutor of the saints of God, a man of great zeal that would go to any length, even taking life in order to honour God. He was brutal at times, violent, and he was relentless, relentless in his persecution of the early church. He was a zealot, sincere to his mission to wipe out all Christians. He believed that he was doing the will of the Lord by killing innocent people. But he was sincerely misguided. He was blinded by his prejudices and misunderstanding of the truth and scripture. That is until he encountered the Lord Jesus on the Damascus Road. And I'm sure um, you must have read, the, read of his conversion. And if you haven't, you can read that account in chapter 9. In fact, I really encourage you to do that. And if you're here for the first time, or if you're here and you uh, don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you read this account, you will see that how this man was radically changed. And it will bless you and encourage you. So from that moment on, his life was changed upside down. And as a result of this miraculous transformation, he became a follower of Christ and in due time was recognised as an apostle of Christ and a mighty man of God. More than any of the other writings of Paul, 2 Corinthians shows us the apostle of Christ in his humanity. We see his integrity, his humility. We see him being transparent. We see him in his weakness. We see him in leadership. And as I've read this book, I've found how Paul is so intensely personal with his readers. And it's heartwarming and moving as well as inspiring. It really did bless me as I read that. Paul makes himself completely open and vulnerable to the readers of this letter. And he fully expresses his innermost beings, sharing his feelings, his emotions, his moods, his joys, his fears, and his tenderness of heart. And we see in Paul the pastoral heart, his care for the flock for which he is responsible. And it's truly beautiful to see him opening up his life to us all. Paul's situation was such that his critics uh, were from within the church as well as from outside. They had heavily criticised him and attacked him, attacked his character with the view to undermine him and even questioning his apostleship. There was discord within the Corinthian church and Paul, having already confronted and addressed some of the issues within the Corinthian church, 
which we uh, have studied in his first letter, he was now affectionately and lovingly, yet firmly loving on them and wooing them back to the truth. And he does this by defending his apostleship with the truth, in sincerity and with integrity and humility. And he goes on to share his personal experiences, his trials and sufferings for the proclamation of the gospel. He shows his care and love by encouraging them, encouraging them and serving them. So what are the four eternal uh, lessons that we can gain from this chapter? And I'm going to just run through them very quickly. And I've just put a brief little title. It's my own. It's not brilliant, but it'll do. And then I've referenced it with the verse that it follows from. So the first one is, the title is, It's About Our Hearts. We've already heard about that this morning as we've been singing. It's about our hearts. We do not lose heart. Verse 1. Then the second eternal lesson is, It's not about us, it's about Jesus. Verse 5, what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. The third eternal lesson is, it's the power of God, not us. Verse 7, this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And the last one, if we get to that, it's eyes on Jesus. Verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. And again, we've been singing about that and hearing about that this morning. So when we start at verse 1, the chapter starts with the word, therefore. The word, therefore, provides a connection and a link between the preceding chapter and especially the last two verses of the preceding chapter, chapter 3. So we're just going to quickly look at that before we get on to this, this verse. And I want to read out the uh, Amplified Version uh, from chapter 3, verse uh, 17 and 18. And this is what it says, Paul saying, Now, the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is... Didn't hear you. Yeah, and and here it says liberty. It's the same thing. Okay, so I'm going to read that again. Now, the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom, emancipation from bondage and, and true freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, continue seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to an even more glory which comes from the Lord who is a spirit. So that's verse 17 and 18. This was Paul's exhortation and encouragement to the Corinthians. I'm just struggling with this piano thing. I'm going to move forward because I want to see some faces and I'm not seeing the faces I want to see. That's all right. It's not only your face. It's those over there, just making sure they're not falling asleep. And if they do, just nudge them. Okay. So um, this was Paul's exhortation and encouragement to the Corinthians. Because we have freedom, liberty, hope, because we have been are being continually transformed into his image, his likeness, his ways, from one degree to a greater degree of glory. 
And then he steps into, therefore, because of those things, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Hallelujah. We have God's amazing mercy, and we, we sang about that this morning, which is freely given to us, releasing us from the judgment and the wrath that justly we deserved as, punish, as punishment for our sins. Because of his mercy, we have forgiveness. We have reconciliation with the Father through Jesus. We have sonship. We have daughtership. We have blessing. We have strength. We have hope. We have destiny. And we have ministry. Hallelujah. And much more. The opportunity and the privilege to serve an amazing and awesome God. In in Romans chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, this is what Paul says. Since we have now been justified by his blood, that's the blood of Jesus, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, through Jesus? For if while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. Hallelujah. That's powerful. God has brought us to himself and reconciled us with himself. It was our sins, it was all that rubbish that we carry out in in our lives that kept us apart from God. But Jesus came and he dealt with that and he reconciled us to himself. Now, Paul knew the extent of God's mercy in his life and on his life. He was fully aware that he deserved judgment, wrath, for his rejection of Christ and the punishment for the crimes that he had committed against uh, other Christians. It was through God's mercy that he, that he was offered deliverance from the past and at the same time was released into him the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning, we know that Jesus is our saviour. You know that if you've got a relationship with him this morning. And if you don't know that, then I'd love to pray with you at the end of this service. I'll be out the front, just come and get me. And I'd love to share more about that with you. So this morning, if you know Jesus, you know that you have received the same mercy that Paul received, the same freedom that Paul received, the same deliverance that Paul received, the same transforming power that was in Paul that was changing him is the same power that resides in you. And the same good news is in you to share and to proclaim. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. In the sharing and living out of the gospel, Paul had to pay a hefty fine or a hefty price. And he shares with his readers some of those things. But not all of them. He shares of his sufferings for the ministry of the gospel. We can see that in verse 8 and 14. Do I need to alter this thing or is it all right? Is it me? Okay, it's me. It's me. Sorry. Verse 8 and 14. 8 to 14. Reads, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, 
but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Life is at work in you, folks, this morning. Life is at work within me this morning. The life of God is in you. Get a hold of that. That is powerful. The life of God is in you and me this morning. Hallelujah. And despite the toil and the suffering, did Paul lose heart? He never gave up. And you know what? Nor should we. Why? Because we have Christ in us. So the first eternal lesson is about our hearts. We do not lose heart. When things get tough, when life deals you the unexpected, when friends or family, even neighbours let you down, when despair or disappointment takes a hold, how is your heart? How's your heart? Is it orchestrated by those circumstances? Is it changed by those circumstances? When things don't go the way you intended, when you face insecurity and uncertainty, or you battle with anxiety or worry, how's your heart? How's your heart? And if I'm honest, if we're all honest, at times we all experience weariness and weakness and fickleness and much more. Because that's the way God has made us. But that's when we need to remind ourselves of the therefore. The therefore. Therefore, he says again, the same thing towards the end of the chapter, verse 16 and 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For the light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Hallelujah. You might not know it, but whatever you're going through at this stage, at this time in your life, God is working in that. God is in that. And he's working out your eternity through that. So then, what will be our response? Should we lose heart, give up? Surely not, in the light of all that Christ has done for us, which we've already read, like in Romans. So let us be intentional, like Paul, unremovable in his resolve, come what may. Amen? Amen. Amen. I came across this quote, I just want to read this to you. The grand design of God in all the afflictions that befall his people is to bring them nearer and closer to him. The grand design of God in all the afflictions that befall his people, you and I, is to bring them, us, nearer and closer to him, God. Maybe this morning you are feeling low because life's precious. It could be that you are experiencing pain. It might be physical, it might be emotional, I don't know. Or it may be anxiety and worry is getting the better of you. 
Maybe you're carrying some other burden. If that's you, then you can declare God's truth over your situation this morning. And I'm just amazed by the way that God works even this morning as we were uh, in that small little room and praying. And I was only there for a few minutes. God was just speaking. When Paul stood up this morning, just before we started, he talked about people carrying baggage, and we just really felt, and I didn't even know what those guys were going to be saying or praying, but I just, it just felt right. And I said, well, amen, thank you, Lord. That's just confirming what we need to be doing this morning. And I wasn't really sure about this, but that just ticked the box, so to speak. So we've been hearing the word of God this morning. I wonder how much of that you've got hold of this morning. And it's so easy to lose that. It's so easy for the devil just to steal that from us. But to this morning, we're not going to allow that to happen. We're not going to allow that to happen. We're not going to lose heart. No matter what you're going through, where you're at this moment, not that I don't care, but it doesn't matter. Because we're going to stand on the truth this morning. A few more amens. That's good. I really enjoy it when you speak back to me because then I know there's at least four of you who are awake. Okay. What I want us to do, and this is entirely up to you, but I really want to encourage you to do this. I want us to, we're going to stand in a moment. We're going to stand together wherever you are, and as a body together, a corporate body of Christ, we're going to declare uh, some things. We're going to declare this truth over our situation. Okay? And we're going to see a breakthrough. Right? Because we are standing on the word of God. And we are not going to lose heart. We are not going to lose heart this morning. And the way that we're going to do this is that I am going to read this verse to you, and then I'm going to, I'm going to read it in four sections. Okay? I split the verse up into four sections. I'm going to read the first section, and then I want you to make a declaration. I'm going to tell you what, what to declare. Then I'm going to do the second, and then you're going to declare. Then I'm going to do the third, and you're going to declare. And then I'm going to do the fourth, and you're going to declare. And can you notice that as I was saying that, the, my voice was getting higher and higher, and that's what needs to happen. It needs to have more intensity, more conviction, and more faith each time you say it. And you are saying this to your situation. Okay? You are saying it to that problem. You are saying it to that anxiety. You are saying it to that burden that is pulling you down. Are you with me? Whoa, people are waking up. Praise God. Okay. So this is your declaration over your situation. This is between you and God in the presence of his people. Let the words of this declaration break through that trial that you're going through, that pain that you're suffering with, that anxiety, that worry, or even the fear that you may be experiencing, that burden that you're carrying. Because all that Christ has done for us, in all that Christ has done for us, we do not lose heart. And it's because of his mercy. Right. You can look at this if you want in your, in your Bibles, if you want to turn to it. So I'm going to be reading out... Um, Verse 16, I believe it is, part of 16 and 17. Okay? In our chapter. So this is what it says. It says, Through outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. 
For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Okay? So I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is split that up. So I'm going to say, first, I'm going to say, though actually we are wasting away, and I would like you to say, therefore, we do not lose heart. Say that after me. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Once more. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Again. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Good. What was it? Amen. Right. Okay. So I'm going to say the first part of that. Then you say that. Then I'll give you another cue. I'll read the second part of that verse. You say that. I do the third part. You say that. I do the fourth part. And we finish. Okay. Now, this is important. We're not doing this for show. Okay. This is real stuff. You are talking to your situation. You are talking to your circumstances. You are standing on the word of God. And that is powerful. So when you are making and declaring this, you are speaking, have in your mind that thing that you want to not lose heart in. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. And if there's nothing in your heart or nothing's troubling you and you're on cloud nine, praise God, still declare the word of God. Is that good? Okay. Let's stand up. Time is running away with me. Right. Okay, let's loosen up a bit. Come on. Loosen up. Get those necks going around. Come on, Graham. Look at that. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Yeah, don't start swinging your arms. You might clonk somebody. But just, yeah, just move your neck around and just wake yourself up. Slap your face if you want. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not now it's gone down. It's got to go up. Therefore, right. Listen to this now, and then you can just go on, go on, declare it now. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Therefore, we do not lose heart. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a, a eternal glory. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That far outweighs them all. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Amen. Father, we just want to seal this, Lord. We want to be those that do not lose heart in circumstances and in burdens, Father, but we want to be fixed on you this morning. And we give no power, no right or authority over these things to have uh, any sway in our lives, to hinder us, Lord, to pull us down. But we loose those chains right now in the name of Jesus. For you have declared where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we receive that freedom, and I see those chains breaking, I see those bars falling down, those walls falling down, and I speak freedom over you in the name of Jesus. I speak power of the Holy Spirit to reside in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. So that's our first eternal lesson. We do not lose our. And like I said at the beginning, it's not a lesson that you learn and it's all over with. It's a continual lesson. It's a continual lesson. We do not lose heart. 
A second eternal lesson is, it's not about us, it's about Jesus. And that's verse 5. And it says, what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Paul in verse 2 goes on to say, that we have renounced and rejected the secret and shameful ways, the deceptive ways. It may have been that Paul, prior to coming into faith, used such methods himself to achieve his aims. As a fanatical and uncompromising zealot in pursuit of wiping out the Christian faith, he may have used every method available to him in order to achieve his ends. These are the ways and the methods which many people in our world today use to achieve their goals and desires. But now, Paul was in the truth, and the truth was in him. And he had renounced those practices, for they were no longer compatible with God's word that was in him. Yet, there were those who confessed Jesus as their saviour, even those who called themselves apostles, that were operating in this way in order to gain advantage, to discredit Paul, and to promote their own agendas and interests. Isn't that interesting? What did Paul do? Paul did not engage or resort in similar tactics or return the same crossfire as his accusers. Instead, he set forth the truth with a sincere heart and allowed his opponents and the believers of the Corinthian church to decide for themselves what was really true. And who was really true to the gospel of Christ? The truth was preached not only by words, but also by his character and his behavior. You know, it is so easy for Christians to know the truth, yet still fall into these ways. The way we conduct our lives matters. The gospel is not only communicated when we verbalize it, but it's our actions that speak too. If we claim to know the truth, then our lives, our behavior should be in line with that truth and be radically different from those that do not know the changing power of the gospel. So I guess the challenge today is how do we stand in that respect? How do I stand? How do you stand? Are there ways in which we operate that we need to renounce this morning? Do we engage in trickery? Are we tempted to act schemingly? These are what these so-called apostles and believers were doing. Do we set out intentionally to deceive or try to distort the truth? This was all taking place at Corinth, friends, amongst the church, within the church. Could it be true that at the same time we use deceptive methods, maybe certain behaviours or attitudes to achieve particular outcomes? Maybe in our relationships or in the workplace where we study, maybe even in the home, even in the church. 
Yes, this can happen in the church amongst believers, as it did in the Corinth church. And we must be so careful to guard against such practices. How? Paul says in verse 2, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. By speaking the truth in love. By not distorting the word of God or by manipulating people or situations to suit our ends. Paul's a fantastic example of how not to do this. See, for Paul, it wasn't about self. It was about the Lord and honouring him. And this is what he says in verse 5. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. You see, Paul was not promoting himself. He was promoting Jesus. Unlike the false teachers and apostles, his ministry was to preach the gospel, serve and lead the church. And that's what he did. He didn't engage in meanless trickery, scheming, schemery. He was aware that not everyone would respond positively with open hearts. He knew full well that the God of this age, Satan, had blinded many people and distorted the truth in them. You know, folks, it's not about what we do for Christ or what we suffer for him. It's about him, who he is, and what he has done for us. Without Christ, we are nothing, and we can do nothing. So let us serve him in humility as Paul did, and give him the praise and honour that's due his name. Let's focus on Jesus and not us. Paul's critics and, his, and opponents and false apostles Elevated themselves, but Paul elevated Jesus. We are all called to be ministers. Those that serve, and we serve God in various ways. And I'm so thankful to those in this church who serve so faithfully, week in and week out, and bless the church and bless others. People who are involved in the youth work, the creche, those who lead house groups, those who are part of the worship team, the PA, all sorts of ministries going on. People serving. And whether you're serving in any of those or not, you are called to serve. We are called to serve. And whatever your gift is, you're called to share your faith, the good news, the gospel with others, both in word and in deeds. You see, we are, we are the living gospel. The question is, how effective are we? This is what 1 Peter 3, verse 15 to 16 says. Put, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that, is, that you have. 
But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. And that's what Paul did. He was ready to stand for the gospel. And I want to encourage you to share your story. Whenever God opens an opportunity for you, take it. Be ready to share your story. But be careful also, because not everybody wants to hear your story. I often experience this on the streets, but I understand why. That the God of this age has blinded people. But I don't take that personally. Sometimes it's hurtful and it's painful. And it's sad. But we don't lose heart. We carry on. And Paul tells us that the God of this air, Satan, has blinded people and covered them with the veil of unbelief. But Jesus Christ is able to remove that veil. And he's able to do it through us. God is kind enough and merciful enough to trust us with the gospel. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. Our ministry, my ministry, is to live for Christ through the Holy Spirit, serving others. Our ministry is to serve Christ in whatever capacity he wants us to. That's our second eternal lesson. Time's really going fast. I don't think I'm going to have time. Well, I'm not going to have time to go all through this. So I'm just going to have a think. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I want to come back to the word that um, Rupert brought. As I was saying about two or three years ago, I had this word basically as spot on as what Rupert spoke this morning. And it was of these vessels. It was of this vessel. And it was a strange picture in my mind. And there was three, three of us, I think, or four of us, Matt, worrying himself, David, in this prayer meeting at David's house. And it was during the time, the beginning of the year, when we um, have a week of prayer. And I remember it very strongly. And what puzzled me about this was I saw this var, and I saw that it was full with precious things. It was filled with precious water. And what I saw in this vase, very similar to what Rupert said, it had cracks in it. And what was happening was the, whatever it contained, that water was just going through the cracks. And I saw it um, in such a way that it was, in, in, it was like in the middle of a road, and there was this jar, it was full, and because it was, um, had cracks in it, the water was just seeping out around the vase, and spreading out how a puddle does, just like a very, very much like a puddle. And I felt God saying that that, what he, that, that was what he was going to do with Jubilee. That they were going, and I was asking God, I was saying, God, why the cracks? The vase, why, why the vase got cracks? And I felt the Lord is saying, is what I'm putting in you is what I'm wanting to release out of you. And I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I believe what God is pouring in is is himself, the Holy Spirit. And if this morning you are feeling cracked under the pressure, 
If you're feeling that life is hard, know this. God knows there's a crack. God knows there's a crack. And he's going to fill you and he's going to flow out of you through that crack to others. And I saw that very clear picture in my mind. As the water was being leaking out, the, the vase was not being exhausted. It was just being refilled up. Refilled up. And the water was spreading out. And everything that the water was touching was being renewed. And I believe that word is for us. That it's not about us, guys. It's about him. And if we hold on to him, if we fix our eyes on him, then he will move in and throughout us and he will begin to touch other people. Amen? Amen. 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 And that's important for us to know that and understand that. And I'm going to just ad-lib here a little bit because Paul talks about clay jars. He talks about earthen vessels. What's your clay jar like this morning? I'll tell you what mine's like. Creaky knees, sore ankles, or sort of okay, but that's what my earthen vessel is like this morning. Yours might be in a better state. It might be in a worse state. But that's what God's given you. And that's what God's going to use. Because he is God. He takes what is weak, he takes what is insignificant, and he uses it for his glory. And he will use you this morning for his glory. All we need to do is say, Lord, we will not lose heart. We will not lose heart. Why? Because you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. We are all called to have that deposit. And this morning, if you are in that place where you need a touch of God, then I would love to pray for you. We're going to stand in a minute. I'm going to ask Izzy to come. We're going to sing one final song. And if you would like prayer about anything that I've spoken about this morning or that God has touched you about, then I'd love to pray with you this morning. Is that okay? Has God spoken to you this morning? That's good. That's good. Let's not lose that. Let's not lose that. Okay? Let's respond to that. Okay? Let's, let's stand. Thank you, Izzy. Okay. Just going to have a quick... Okay, while you're getting that on, um, those who've got children outside in the different various works, if you would like to take the opportunity to go and get them, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Um, Just as Ray was um, just bringing his uh, message to an end, um, I just got this feeling that I just had to share this. There's just somebody that needs to hear this. Um, What Ray was saying about how God uses things for his glory and when... Basically, my life is a testament to that. And um, God has used so many things that I've been through to minister to other people. Um, You know, most of you know my story and my life. And um, when I was going through divorce, it was just the blackest and deepest moment of my life. 
yet at the time it was tough, but the amount of t uh, people that I've been able to bless with my experiences and being able to show them and pray with them and speak to them about how God got me through. And um, the same with mental health. Um, you know, my family has, you know, that we've, we've struggled with problems with mental health. And again, as a mum, that's been really tough, but he's used me again and again and again to, to bless people and to pray with people and to come alongside them. And, uh, you know, he doesn't waste an opportunity. Um, I, I use this term, and it sounds quite negative, but it's not. I said that God is an opportunist, and I, I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense, in that there are no opportunities waste, that whatever we go through, you know, whatever circumstances we go through, he uses it for his glory. And there's somebody here today who is going through some stuff and they're just thinking, I hate this, I don't want to be here, what are you doing God, why are you not breaking through? But trust God, He will break through, but do not waste the opportunity of being able to take your lessons and to minister and to allow God to use you to break into other people's lives who are going through what you're going through because it's all for his glory. Yeah, we're just going to worship now. So if you want prayer, then do feel free to come forward. Um, then there'll be tea and coffee served outside. So if you don't want prayer and you want to go and have a drink, that's fine also. Let's just worship God together.